that was such a sweet story that Christy shared. So I, I hate to bring up the fact that my fudge recipe is so vastly superior to her fudge recipe, but <laughs> I mean, we try to speak the truth on this show. So I'm just going to speak it. Uh, no, I'm, I'm kidding. But, um, but no, it, it, there's a fudge recipe. No, you're recipe. not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm really not, but I'm, you know, just trying to be pleasant. But um, <laughs> there's a, a fudge recipe my mom's made every year. And I have the recipe now. And I haven't made it yet because you actually have to wait until the humidity goes down enough because it won't set if it's too humid. And we haven't had a non-humid day yet since Thanksgiving. So I'm really looking forward to the first non-humid day that I can make that fudge recipe because it just, to me, makes the whole house smell like Christmas. Mm. Wait, are there non-humid days in Florida? Welcome to the Friends and Fiction Writer's Block Podcast. Four New York Times bestselling authors, one rock star librarian, and endless stories. Join Mary Kay Andrews, Kristen Harmel, Christy Woodson Harvey, and Patty Callahan Henry, along with Ron Block. As novelists, we are four longtime friends with 70 books between us. And I am Ron Block. Please join us for fascinating author interviews and insider talk about publishing and writing. If you love books and are curious about the writing world, you are in the right place. Happy holidays. Welcome to the Friends in Fiction Writer's Block Podcast holiday episode or party. You pick. On this episode, we thought we would take a beloved portion of the Live Wednesday show and expand on it. Get ready for the Ask Us Anything extravaganza. Our recent post asked you all to submit questions, and wow, did you deliver. Let's get started. I'm Ron Block, and I am joined by the entire Friends of Fiction gang. Say hello to Mary Kay Andrews. Hi. Hey. Patty Callahan-Henry. Happy holidays. Kristen Harmel. Hi, everybody. Christy Woodson-Harvey. Hi, everybody. Happy holidays. And Meg Walker. Hi, guys. And last but certainly not least, because he puts this all together, Sean Hettinger is with us. Hello, Sean. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> 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 Leave Just it to Sean. Sean. To get Sean, it going. Sean, always, Sean always has the best part. Like, whatever it is. <laughs> Wait, Sean, what are you calling us? Oh, sorry. I just called Ron that five times. It's fine. That's right. Well, I gave that up in my late teens, so. <laughs> oh, you people. Uh, it's going to be a party indeed. Let's go. <laughs> okay, first up, the first question for us is from Nicole Fincher, and it can really be for any author, but it's also I'm including recording and things that so we can all answer it. Um, what is your favorite holiday tradition and your least favorite? Mm. Let's start with Mary Kay. I think it's Christmas Eve. We go to the children's mass with the whole family, and then we come back to our house. And the tradition is we put a ham in the oven before we go to church, and we come back, and we have ham and sides, and we cut some desserts up, and we sit around the Christmas tree, and everybody gets to open one present. Nice. And my least favorite is doing the Christmas dishes. There you go. And I like that. That's I saw the least favorite and I went, oh, we have to talk about this. Yeah, that's <laughs> my Because we have Christmas dinner here and it's usually what I do is I say, you know what, since I hosted, hmm, I'm not doing dishes. <laughs> Fair enough. That's a good I thing. wish I could do that. I just get a blank <laughs> look if I say that. <laughs> How about you, Meg? 
Favorite, I guess, is Christmas morning with the kids because, you know, as the kids get older, it's just nice to wake up in our house, just the four of us, and open all the presents together. The day gets a little crazier and busier and more crowded as the day goes on, but my favorite part is the quiet morning with just the four of us. Yeah. I don't know if I have a least favorite. I think if I had a least favorite, I wouldn't do it anymore. (laughs) I just wouldn't do it. Okay, Sean, you're up next. Okay, so I interpreted this more as the Christmas season, not specifically Christmas Day. Totally cool. Yeah, my favorite thing is, you know, arguing with my wife about setting up the tree. It's time. I say it's time right after Thanksgiving. And she's uh-huh. like, we must wait. <laughs> Same with Christmas music. I just love the Christmas music, getting ready. Same. My, and my least favorite is Hallmark Channel Christmas movies. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know. I'm in the wrong place right now <laughs> even though I, hey, I wrote a theme song for one i, I like the money. Nice. Thank you. but um <laughs> I, I can't i can't get with it you know like yeah come on you got elf christmas vacation home alone we got great movies i, I don't have time for the romantic <laughs> there you go well that's the other end of the spectrum there's so many people that that's their favorite part of the year and they just sit down and they start december yeah. 1st and they watch every one of them all the way through mm-hmm. i just want my grand followers <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sean, I think there's a theme here. Your favorite thing is fighting with your wife and your least favorite thing is romance. <laughs> <laughs> I need to talk to my therapist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Are we your therapist? We're here for you, Sean. We're here, We're here. We're here for you. That's funny. Group therapy. <laughs> Kristen, how about for you? I think my favorite is um is Christmas morning. Um, especially, you know, Noah's six and a half and um he gets very, very, very excited for Santa. So I, it's just, it's magical. I, I think there's nothing that can um, that can replace that magic of looking at his face when he first rounds the corner and sees the tree with the presents from Santa underneath it in the morning. And it's just, I mean, I, I technically know that's not what Christmas is all about, but it's a magical thing for kids, you know? Um, right. Perhaps one of my least favorite things is the fact that he usually pops awake by like 3.30 or 4 in the morning because he's yeah. like, it's Christmas! And so, um, yes, so we spend the rest of the day, like, you know, half dozing off. (laughs) Did you ever get caught putting something together that early? You had to stay up late doing it? No, because we also have to go to bed early so that Santa can come. Oh, gotcha. You know, I mean, (laughs) yeah. 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 Christy, you're up. Um, I mean, I love all those things. So just for the sake of saying something a little bit different, um, one of mine is actually it's tomorrow. I love the Christmas candlelight tour in Beaufort and, um, everybody has luminaries. The whole downtown is like candlelit and, um, people open up their homes for tours and they're all candlelit. So like everything's by candlelight. It just in the this town, many of these houses have been here since the early 1700s. It's a pre-revolutionary town. So they're just, there's this feeling of just like, I don't know. Like you start thinking about all the generations of people who have done the same thing in the same town at the same time. And it's just, it's very magical and mystical and all of those things. Um, I, I'm going to get some heat for saying this, I think, but (laughs) I don't like dress up parties, like costume parties. Like I don't like tonight I'm going to a plaid party, which isn't, I mean, that's okay. It's not, but I'm just, I don't love like running around and like collecting costumes. So anything that's like the ugliest sweater party or the whatever, mm-hmm. I mean, I'll do it and I'll smile, but it's not my favorite thing. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Yep. Okay, Patty. <laughs> not to be redundant, but 
it definitely is Christmas morning. And of course my children are well grown, but they don't want to give that up. Yeah. yeah. Meaning, you know, they're not six anymore. They're not running in and like, Oh, Santa came. But if I start putting presents out early that week, as we're preparing for the week, my, my sons are like, put those back. Those aren't allowed uh-huh. to come out until Christmas Eve. And I just love that really quiet. I'm always up first, except when they were six. <laughs> you know, the music is on, there's casseroles in the oven, the tree is lit, and the stockings are hung and kind of puffy with things, even silly things like oranges, whatever, right? Nothing fancy. <laughs> um, and all of that work because we as moms and, and as dads, um, know that those things don't just happen. <laughs> we have spent the last month, you know, preparing for those few beautiful hours. So that's a culmination to me. I feel like it's the anticipation, yeah. like that moment. I love all of the anticipation. It's like, yes. And then that like right before it happens, this kind of sacred quiet. Yeah. Um, and my least favorite is putting away the decorations. Yeah. Every guy hates it so much. It's just drab January's coming and you're putting everything up and the wreath is dead and the tree is dead. So that's my least favorite. Wow. Yeah, that's true. I have to do that one. I can't yeah, just punk you out can't. everything I don't like <laughs> yeah, yeah, sorry, Meg. Yeah. <laughs> just leaving it up for the year. Yes, scary hoarder houses that still have Christmas decorations. All the the holidays at the same time. Well, we kept our Christmas decorations up, I think, for almost a whole year during COVID when we were locked down. It's like it kept everything kind of bright and and festive. Ha ha. Good idea. Good idea. So mine kind of goes is kind of compacted. It's um it's the little kids. The little kids um tell you what they want and stuff. And the best thing about it is to watch them open a gift that you know that they would want and they would love and their faces light up and they're just so thankful and grateful. And the least favorite is when you think you've hit a home run and and their faces go, "Mm." (laughs) (laughs) or they don't get it. They're like, what is it? What What is this? Yeah. What is this? I don't know. What am I supposed to do with this? Or just toss it to the side. (laughs) There's a grown up. I'm not going to say who, but like who every year I'll pick out what I think is like the perfect gift and they never like get it. And they'll call me and be like, oh my gosh, I love the blah. And I'm like, that's, that's not even what that is. Like, what do you, how did you not get this? Like, (laughs) what? I put so much thought and time and effort this. This was the perfect gift for you. Under get there faster. (laughs) Get there faster. (laughs) Or or learn to pretend better. Yes. Oh, that's funny. So our good friend Barbara Wojcik wants to know what is your favorite holiday cookie or food? We talk a lot about that during Thanksgiving, but I don't know if we do for Christmas so much. Um, let's start with Sean this time. Oh man, uh, wasn't prepared for this. Uh, I'm going to go with a classic Christmas ham. Mm, nice. I don't have, uh, you know, a big hunk of ham <laughs> that many times a year. Checks <laughs> <laughs> that box for me. I'm happy with the ham. That's my final answer. Yeah, it's all ham That's back a, in the smokehouse, right? Big hunk <laughs> of ham. Well, I'm not going back. That's it. That's it. Yep. <laughs> How about you, Meg? Oh, <laughs> uh, geez. Favorite foods. There's just so many. Um, I don't know. We have a breakfast casserole every, it's a French toast casserole every Christmas morning. And 
if I ever thought about not making it, I think my kids would move out. Yeah. <laughs> it's got it's That's got funny. apples and Yum. raisins and cinnamon. It's just delicious. Meg, you're gonna have to post on yeah. Friends and Fiction page that recipe. I would love to make I will. that. I want it too. Yes, it's yummy. Yeah, yeah everybody will love it. It's really, really, really sweet. Oh. Okay. That's Don't even okay. think about putting syrup on top of it. It does not. Oh, it's already yeah. out. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay, we're in. We're it's in. Okay, Mary Kay. Uh, well, you know, unfortunately, I have to make whatever. I mean, <laughs> although other members of my family do help, everybody brings stuff. You know, my mother-in-law made this seven-layer cookie um, called mm. Hello Dolly. I love that. And it has coconut in it. Yeah, it has coconut in it. And nobody but me likes coconut. Mm. So um, the great thing is I get to eat most of it. You get them all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And um, and I love anything with like cranberries. Mm. Yeah cranberry stuff i love yeah awesome patty well you know if you listen to the thanksgiving one i love anything cranberries and yes. mary Kay, i could have coconut on everything oh good yeah. i could sprinkle coconut on anything and everything and i would eat it um but i'm gonna go with barbara's original question which is favorite cookie when i was growing up my mom always made homemade shortbread and if I see or smell shortbread, I am I am immediately in that kind of family comfort Aww. feeling. And Ron, you made me shortbread one time with mm -hmm. it was like a lemon shortbread square. Yep. So now I have a gluten free recipe for shortbread, and it mm. is bar none my my favorite cookie. Yeah. Yeah, they're really good, Christy. Um, I'll go with favorite cookie too. So my grandmother made these oatmeal cookies that were just, I don't know, they were just amazing for some reason. And it's funny if everybody, if anybody watched the Kevin Wilson show and he was talking about how, if you really sit and think about something, it's amazing, all the memories that'll come back. And so, and on my work in progress, I'm putting some like family recipes in there. And so I have this recipe card and, you know, it's in my grandmother's handwriting and it's got like stains all over it. And um, I was reading like cream the butter, which is like, just not something that, if I didn't, if I hadn't cooked with her, I would be like, it would be like the Shit's Creek episode. Like, what does it mean? Yeah. Cream fold it fold in. Fold, fold. fold it in. I, I fold it in. Cream the butter means, you know, but it was so funny because I could like, just remember being like in her kitchen and like holding that like yellow hand mixer and like the oh, sugar, yeah. her pouring the sugar in as I was like doing the, um, but yeah, I love those cookies. And, um, so this is our first Christmas without her. So it's the first year that I'm going to be Trying to do those oatmeal. Cream in the butter. I'll be creaming the butter, baby. So, yeah, I'm excited to make this. That'll be your new Instagram name, Buttercreamer. Buttercreamer. <laughs> Kristen? Well, you know, that was such a sweet story that Christy shared. So I, I hate to bring up the fact that my fudge recipe is so vastly superior to her fudge recipe, but I mean, <laughs> we, 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 we try to speak the truth on this show. So I'm oh, just going to speak it. Uh, no, I'm, I'm kidding. But, um, but no, it, it, there's a fudge no, you're not. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm really not, but I'm, you know, just trying to be pleasant, but um, <laughs> there's a, there's a, a fudge recipe my mom's made every year for Christmas. And I have the recipe now and um, um, and I haven't made it yet because you actually have to wait until the humidity goes down enough because it won't set if it's too humid. And we haven't had a non-humid day yet, um, in, you know, since Thanksgiving. So I'm really looking forward to the first non-humid day that I can make that fudge recipe because it just, to me, makes the whole house smell like Christmas. Mm. Wait, yeah. are there non-humid days in Florida? 
that's yes, not a believe thing. it or not. It, it? It, it's true. It is a thing. It is a thing. It yep. is okay. Thing. Yep. That's yep. <laughs> okay. Well, since you brought up fudge, <laughs> on a recent <laughs> a recent episode, I heard there was going to be fudge off. <laughs> right. Are we doing that? I mean, I, Kristen I don't has know. to. Kristen can't do the fudge off till there's a quote <laughs> non-humid day. Do we think right. she's a little bit scared? She's so precious know. about her. I mean, I don't, yeah. Yeah. Like I make my fudge in the microwave any old day, Kristen. And I, was so <laughs> I mean, I'm just gonna say I rest my case. <laughs> so cool. All right. <laughs> you will not believe how good it is. You will not believe how good it is. Well, how about you, Ron? I well see that's why you brought up fudge. I want to be included in this fudge off because my one of my favorite memories and and things I love is I still have my grandmother's recipes for fudge too. She'd make like three different kinds and they'd always be on her sideboard. But my favorite part of it was she'd had a double boiler that she would do it in and a big wooden spoon. And so the greatest fun was for me, you know, was just stir it on the stove and she'd keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going. So it was, and it was delicious too. Every time people walk in, that would be the first thing everybody would beeline to. And I just, yeah. I love making that every year. Oh, that looks great. It's awesome. My grandmother would be horrified by my fudge recipe. She would be horrified. I, I actually, I actually have a double boiler that I literally use one time a year and it's yeah. only for the fudge. It takes up like an enormous amount of room in my cabinet is, considering is it, like, it gets one annual use. Yeah. But, is it really yeah. ugly and old looking and yep. Yep. That's, <laughs> yes. That's the best. You can't get rid of it. I, exactly. um, Jeff has said, we got to get rid of this. I'm like, don't you dare. No. Don't touch that. <laughs> don't touch my double boiler. It's, it's like the fondue pot. It's been yeah. sitting on the top right. shelf for like. Yeah. <laughs> I've used that like once in the last decade, but I, but yeah. I might need a but fondue I still have pot. It. I have all yeah, these yeah. like green martini glasses that come out like maybe every other year for a Christmas party. I have like a million of them. They take up so much space, but like can't get rid of them because I might nope. need them. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Even if you use them once every five years, you got to have them. Yep. (laughs) Okay. So the next question is directed at the authors in the room, but I think the rest of us can probably think of something that can answer it. So this is from Angela Dunham Reagan, and she wants to know, for someone interested in trying to write a novel or a children's book, is there any particular resource that you would recommend to help them start the process and understand the process? Hmm. So let's start with Patty this time. Is she asking for just children's books or books in general? I think in general. Okay. I, I'm i going to, I mean, I have no problem answering this because we just interviewed John Truby on our podcast a couple weeks ago, and he has two books. One is The Anatomy of Story, and one is The Anatomy of Genres. And both of those are incredible places to start, not for the art, Part that I would point to the artist's way or, or, you know, Anne Lamott, but for actual craft, pulling things apart, John Truby. That's true. How about you, Christy? Um, okay. So I don't know what everybody else is like out there who's trying to write, but I'm very like, I need to know what's going to happen next before I'm even like doing the thing. So this isn't necessarily craft related, Um, but I remember like going and, you know, you can, you can buy like a big book on literary agents and how to submit to them and how to write your query letter. And I don't know why, but for some reason, having, feeling like I knew what I was going to do next helped me like finish the novel. So if you're that kind of person, Mm -hmm. 
maybe it might help you to, I mean, it's called like the guide to literary agents. It's nothing fancy, but I just like writer's guide. Yeah. Writer's writer's market. I think writer's Writer's guide to literary agents. Well, this is actually Jeff Herman's. Oh, it's one that I used, but, um, but it was a hundred years ago, so it might not exist anymore. Um, but I just, yeah, I think the idea of like knowing what, what you're doing next, that was always helpful for me. Awesome. Kristen. Yeah. To be honest, I was going to say the same thing. Um, because I think that knowing what to do with it when it's done, um, is really helpful. Um, but you know, I, I, I will say, I feel like I've gotten more out of listening to other authors' advice about what works for them than I have about than I have from reading books about how to do it. And and I, if I were to choose a book, I think it would be John Truby's book because I, I I think I think he just does such a great job of breaking down the whole process. And mm-hmm. Save the Cat also is great, particularly for screenwriting. But there's a lot that's applicable to novel writing too. But I, I think just hearing what writers say on our show or seeing what we share, you know, on Instagram or, or things like that, I think people have given us so many good tips. And there's something about having these succinct little tips that mm-hmm. I think make them, it makes the whole thing easier to digest if that makes sense. So I agree. that would be, that would be my true. advice. Go, go over our Instagram page, go through our back episodes. You guys should bundle them up in a book and put it out. The friends and fiction yeah. guide. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Somebody That's actually true. wrote to us recently and said, you need to put together a yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. what you did for NaNoWriMo. In, in our in, spare time, obviously. In those yeah. Instagram posts from that from past guests and stuff. That was just brilliant because people might not remember patty. them, yeah, but they were like it. succinct and right there and just, boom, yeah. like you said, short and sweet. Yeah. I think they were wonderful. Sean, I know that you write a lot of music. Is there any kind of a resource? Uh, it is a, no, yeah, totally different. Yeah, yeah. Pass. Pass. <laughs> <laughs> Kathy didn't go. Uh, Mary Kay. Mary Kay. Yeah. Um, I found it helpful when I was starting to write fiction. I joined a writer's group and it was, yeah, like um, there were other, my friends in the newsroom, I was working at the Atlanta Journal Constitution and there were four of us and we would um, talk about writing it. We'd get together once a week and talk about writing and we were all working on projects in secret and we would meet, I think on Thursday. So Wednesday night I would write, that was my night to write. And when we would critique each, we would, we didn't critique them so much as we handed them out. It was accountability. Accountability, I think is so important when you're trying to work on something you've not done before. And the other thing was take yourself to a really good writer's workshop. I went mm-hmm. saved up my money and saved up vacation time and went to a writer's workshop i um you know and i think investing in 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 what you want to do investing in in this not as a hobby but as as something that you really believe in and i um used my last vacation and all my frequent flyer miles and went to a writer's workshop uh in uh at antioch college in uh, yellow springs ohio because sue grafton was teaching mystery writing and i was working on a mystery and something that um something that I absorbed at that writer's workshop, um, everything clicked for me. And I still use um, the things that she talked about. And, and, and I took, there were all, all kinds of different instructors, but I think if you're really interested in doing this, getting, a, um, getting to a writer's workshop where there are published authors and literary agents and editors. And I, what I wouldn't 
tell people to do. I see all these things on Facebook for people selling their, you know, you can write your novel, you can be a bestseller. That I wouldn't do <laughs> because I see those and I really want, I, I really am tempted to leave a comment saying, dude, I never heard of you and I looked you up. <laughs> you write are books about how to write so i'm not sure you're the best resource for um telling people how to write a best-selling novel and the bonus is mary Kay, when you go to those you meet other writers who are yeah. also trying you know some of the very best friendships and we've even right. heard a couple people on the show who met each other at writing conferences and teamed up to co-write, right? Like all of a sudden, you know, you, you, you realize you're not alone in this endeavor. Right. Yeah. And this was a week long workshop where you stayed in um, college dorm stuff. I mean, we stayed in a college dorm. It was, um, you know, pretty, pretty elementary, but something about being in that atmosphere. And we also ate uh, meals with each other and every night at dinner, one of the authors, speaker authors would join us for dinner at the table and we could pepper them with questions. And it was just, I, I wouldn't take anything for that experience. Yeah. Ditto. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Sean, you want to take back your skip? Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm taking back my pass. Uh, no, because uh, what you guys are all talking about, like, you know, bettering your craft, holding yourself accountable, all that stuff is good. The other one that kind of made my career transition easier was just to own it and say it out loud, kind of the law of attraction, like, hi, my name's Sean. I'm, I'm a composer. Awesome, and, and yes. Every time you're just out there, yeah. Next time somebody needs that thing or uh, you, you don't, you don't know. Oh, I'm, my friend needs a composer or whatever, you know, of course. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Law awesome. of attraction, just putting it out in the universe and uh, owning, owning your, uh, owning it, not hot, like hide that. it under a bushel. No, yeah. I'm going to let like it shine. Three books to be able to say to people like, I'm a writer, like literally <laughs> three books. Like I couldn't say it. Like I felt like I was like pretending bizarre. Well, my cousin is a literary agent. Oh my God. You don't know. Yeah. yeah put it out there. <laughs> yeah, you, should. you should put it out there. It's the right yeah. thing to do. Yeah. Yes. Well, we, we get asked in libraries a lot for people that are looking for resources and things. So I kind of dabbled in reading some. The Artist Way is beautiful. John Truby is a new one to me, and I'm like obsessed with his writing and his advice now. But the thing that I recommend a lot is um, Stephen King's book. On uh, writing. On audio, though, because he, he narrates it. He and it's just it. such more so much more powerful than um, than reading the book. But although both are good, so. That would be mine. Um, okay. Our next question is from our friend Bubba Wilson. Hi, Bubba. Identify, Love hi, Bubba. Bubba. <laughs> <laughs> Identify one bucket list item that you hope to check off the list in 2023. Meg, you get to go first. All right. Um, well, I'm going to Italy in 2023, and I can't oh, wait yay. because um, – uh, our daughter Grace is going to study abroad in Florence, and um, so we are going. We're going, waiting till my son has his spring break, and the four of us are going to be together over there. And my parents are actually going with us, which is going to be great. Yeah. Um, I, I think all of twenty three is going to be a year of adventure for for us because we have a couple amazing ski trips planned too. So travel and adventure for us for yeah. sure. How about for you, Mary Kay? Well, I have a new knee, so I'm hoping <laughs> to get uh, 
if my writing schedule will accommodate it to Ireland. I have a book I want to research there. And then uh, um, the dream that I have um, that I hope will come true in 23 is to see one of my books made into brought to film or television. Um, It's, you know, I think you have to, uh, you have to manifest it. So that's what I'm doing. I'm putting it out there. That's, that's my, my dream for 23. Love it. Love it. I think we join you in that too. I hope that happens. Patty. Wow. Um, again, redundant, but yes, I would, you know, we have these calls, we have these, you know, interested parties and how I would love for one of those to break free onto a screen of any kind. Yeah. Um, that's, that's been a, a wish for many years, but maybe because we're saying it here, that would be something I would love to see happen. Um, it's not a bucket list, but, um, I'm excited for all the travels I have coming up for the secret book of Flora Lee. Um, it's been a while for me because of COVID that for a full tour, um, because I didn't have a book out last year. Right. So 2023, I'm so excited to get back into the world and see readers in person and, and travel for weeks on end <laughs> through, <laughs> through the weeks. country. Yeah. I'm really, I'm really excited about that. That's true. Yeah. How about for you, Christy? This is an interesting question. So I had dinner with this like really interesting group of people the other night that I didn't really know. And they were all super well-traveled. And so we had this whole dinner talking about all these amazing places that, you know, you should go or you were going or, and we have a couple of really cool trips planned this year. But something that someone said at the end was like, you know, all of that's great, but what really means the most to you? And if I look back on my life, it's, we did this trip with my entire family every year. My mom has three sisters. And so I have a ton of cousins. And of course, like now, you know, most of the cousins are married and everyone has babies. And I just thought we haven't been in like the past few years since my grandfather passed away. And I was like, we just need to do that again. And I like picked up the phone and I called everyone <laughs> and, um, and we're doing this trip in January. It was like the, I was like, it's last minute. Let's just like go, you know, um, I love it. That's I'm awesome. Super excited to hopefully kind of reignite that because truly, like if I look back at my life, you know, there's no like fabulous trip or a great place or anything that I've ever done that is better than those memories of like all of us crammed into a beach house together, you know? So I'm excited for you know, little will to get to have that again and kind of hopefully pass that on to the new generation. of That's awesome. Again. That's awesome. Kristen. Um, I've always wanted to see the Northern lights in person. Um, mm. And I know that means cold and I'm not a huge fan of the cold, but, um, but I, I think that's something I'd, I'd like to try to do this year. I don't know if I'll get to it in 2023, but um, it's certainly a bucket list item at some point to go somewhere on a night where the lights are just beautiful and magical and, just look like a miracle happening in front of you. Mm, yeah, I love that. I have, I love that. Having seen pictures, I know it's not even close. It must be so yeah. amazing and majestic in person. To marvel at something. I like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It takes you back, grounds you. Oh, the TV show thing too, right, Kristen? We need to add oh, that on. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> absolutely. Movie, TV, not picky, but. <clears throat> Yes. Yeah. We'll all take that. We'll you know, all take please, that. Please, universe. Yeah. I think uh, Fudge Off should be a TV show. You know? Love you guys. Just the Fudge me. Off? The, the great <laughs> friends in fiction Fudge Off. <laughs> all of us have TV shows that Sean writes the score for. There you yeah. go. There you go. There you go. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. He's right. awesome. Yeah. And that Ron and Meg walk down the red carpet with us. I'm there taking this manifestation to the <laughs> next level. 
Yeah. Right do, there it. With you. do it. Do it. How about a bucket list for you, Sean? Yeah. I've got two little kids and uh, yeah, we're finally going to do some international travel with them. Great. And I just wanted to comment on how ridiculously cute a one and a half year old's passport photo is. Oh <laughs> it is adorable. I can't wait for her to eat. I mean, because how often do you have to get it? Every 10 years or something? It's yeah, every it's five, five. Yeah, but when you're a kid, I think it's, <laughs> yeah, I think it's, it's every five. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Nice. <laughs> So um, everybody has traveling in their bucket list. <laughs> so we had to cancel a trip to spend um, Christmas in Paris in 2020 because of the oh. pandemic. So I think 2023 is going to be the year to do that. That's awesome. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Nice. Do it. Do it. I know, right? <laughs> okay. Paris is always a good idea. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Audrey. You're welcome. <laughs> Okay, um, our other good friend, Anissa Joy Armstrong, wants to know what's your most memorable moment from the podcast? Who wants to start? Podcast Mm -hmm. or the show or either? Well, I guess either. This this was podcast, but it could be either. Well, the show turns into a podcast. Oh, that's true. Yeah. 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 Meg? Jeez, I have a tie, I think, between um, just getting to interview um, Michael Ian Black who I just yes. adore and I've always loved his comedy. And now he's written this amazing book about how to raise boys. And he's so smart and insightful and really funny. <clears throat> and it was, it was just uh, like a pinch me moment to get to talk to him. Mm-hmm. And I felt, I felt pretty much the same way about Tom Parada when Ron and I interviewed him for the podcast, because mm-hmm. I've just loved his books for so long. And I was actually working at Putnam a million years <coughs> ago when election first came out and so this latest book was the sequel to election i'd never met him no but i've been reading him all these years and um it was just awesome to get to to um to meet him and then do you remember that point where he said um i think it was after we weren't even on the air and i said um i didn't want to say this to you but you remind me of an american nick hornby and he said that his agent or his editor had called him that and there, he had like a sign in his office that dubbed him like the American yeah, or something. And I was like, oh, awesome. yeah. <laughs> And did you see the news this morning that they actually got Reese Witherspoon to start making the movie of the sequel and and of the oh, book? that's awesome! I was so excited. Yeah, I was awesome. screaming. Oh, that's great! We were going. We were going like, you got to do it. You got to do it. She'd be perfect. And Reese, if you're listening, <laughs> I know. Did she manifest that on the show? I think that means it worked. That's, she obviously yeah, listens right. to our podcast. So. Yep. See yeah. how, do you see how we manifest things here, guys? Yeah. So all of these wishes that are going to come true. So. Yeah. I mean, we interviewed uh, Louise Penny on the day she hit number one because we are prescient. Yep. Yeah. Great. Yep. What a great episode that was. Yeah. Uh, awesome. wow. So good. She was lovely. Yes, yes. Okay, um, Kristen. Uh, for a podcast original episode, my favorite might have been... Um, I, I think Frederick Bachman, I, I just, um, and I did it under, I don't know if you remember Ron, but we did it under the strangest yes. circumstances. There was <laughs> a, hur- there was a hurricane coming <laughs> and I actually had to sign off early because we had to get on the road to get to where we were sheltering in place, like before the roads closed. Right. So like, it, it was like this interview under pressure and he, he had trouble getting on at the beginning, but it ended up just being, um, I thought it was perfect. He was kind and insightful was so- and so real. I, I really enjoyed that. Um, in terms of show episodes that were turned into pod- podcasts, um, 
I loved, uh, I still think the one that we did, uh, it was a like a bonus with Winfon K. Mai, the author Winfon K. Mai, uh, a year or two ago was great. Um, I thought she was so full of wisdom and I walked away from that so inspired. That's one that I feel like I could listen to on repeat. And I also loved um, doing the Forest of Vanishing Stars musical because how special was that? I made you all sing and you did it. It was great. Um, I, I, I loved that. But but for the podcast and um, and show combined, I will say my very favorite of all is asserting the superiority of my fudge over Christie's, <laughs> which, I've, which I've had the opportunity to do in both locations multiple times. So um, I'll just leave it at that. I have a feeling we're not letting this go. Right. I don't know no, why no. I feel that way, but I feel like this isn't going to go away. I'm like away. really trying not to eat sugar, but I think I'm going to have to make the fudge. <laughs> this is a new drinking game, at, you know, for you, the listener at home. Every time they talk about the every time we say off, fudge, yeah. take a drink, take a drink. Well, it's like the other night, Sean typed in. Every time someone says Colleen Hoover, you have to drink. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, trying to make a drinking game. Mm-hmm. You'd be drunk in five yeah, minutes. Yeah. Um. I forgot where I left off. <laughs> uh, Meg, Kristen, Christine. I just loved our episode with Craig from Southern Charm. I just Me loved too. it. And the funny thing is, is the whole time, like Ron and I were texting each other, like fighting over him. Like, you know, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but it was so good. And he was just like, so honest. We asked him these things that we were like, he's totally not going to answer that. And he just piled out uh, with like everything. I mean, it was unbelievable. I mean, he talked about, addiction and his past relationships and like all these things that I just would think that you would probably stray away from when you're just like, let's sell my cute new book, you know? <laughs> um, but anyway, he was just really, he was a fun guest and like surprising at how just open and nice he was. So that was like a hot point. That's good. Awesome. Patty. Uh, I'm going to stick with the podcast for now, because if I start rattling through the shows, yeah. I, I just have so many. And so we many. just mentioned Louise Penny. I just think and I think everyone agreed the comments we had. That's just so profoundly warm and wise. Yeah. Um, but one of my favorite writer's block podcast episodes was when we interviewed a nonfiction title, a memoir title by um, a woman named Laura McCowan, who wrote a book called We Are the Luckiest. And she has a new book coming out. Hopefully she'll talk to us again called Push Off From Here. And I just think her memoir is so wise and vulnerable and beautiful and honest. And our conversation with her was so stunningly open that Mm -hmm. I left it knowing I wouldn't forget that conversation. And I feel that way too about the memoirist, Mary Laura Philpott interviewing her um, for bomb shelter left me, left me kind of shattered and, thinking about the uncertainty in life and how do we, how do we accept it? So those two writer's block podcasts were nonfiction and they both were really powerful for me. Oh, me too. I, I, I hadn't really read either one of them. And that's one of the things I love about all of you that you've introduced me to these people that I probably never would have met or even read before. Mm -hmm. And I, my, my heart just grows every time because they're, they're, they are, they're so open and honest with us and they, they, um, I don't know. I'm getting goosebumps. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Mary Kay. Well, you know, um, every time we have Karen Slaughter on, <laughs> we never know what's going to happen. And so that's kind of a favorite of mine. Um, she's so sharp that we all have to be right, you know, on top of what we're doing and on top of our game. 
And, um, and I've learned a lot from, um, uh, her, her work is pretty gory for me. And, uh, but I've learned a lot from reading her books because she really knows a lot about, about pacing. And as I say, having her on the show was so much fun because you just don't know what's going to happen. No, you do not. No. <laughs> and Sean, you've been involved in so many. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to have to do the Patty thing and just not count the actual show and just count the podcast. Cause I've, I think I only recorded this is probably the third of the whole year. So it's really small list, but um, Christy mentioned the Craig from Southern Charmed one. I couldn't remember his name. I was going to mention that because it was the only time in my life I texted a, a photo of a recording to my single sister with the word handsome man alert in my yes. <laughs> I, I don't know why, why I did that. Like I thought I was going to be some matchmaker I because I clearly didn't know his backstory, you know, whatever. Um, <laughs> he was engaged. You know, you know. Anyways, uh, he yeah. was really put together that day. He had his, he had everything going on. Yeah, his A game. He mm. definitely did. He was not the Craig we watch on the show. <laughs> no. Oh God, no. Then he was after the interview. He was leaving to film Winter House, and now that's airing right now. And I'm like, this is not the Craig that we. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, did I miss anybody? You. Well, you. I can't pick. I. There's no way I can pick a favorite. But what I can talk about is the ones that Christy started, the ones that we kind of fight over, I guess. like, And they become like um, literary crushes, you know? Mm-hmm. Like Patty and I really had a thing with Chris Whitaker. Mm-hmm. And, oh, how could I forget Chris Whitaker? Right? I don't forget Chris Whitaker. No. <laughs> we know. <laughs> I'll scratch your eyes out. <laughs> just kidding just kidding but they they're just um they almost become literary crushes because i'm just so yeah. impressed with them and so like taken with them sean um um razor blade tears sean was was sean another Crowley. one i was like yes. sean Crowley. yes S- I, yeah it just blew me away how how open and honest he was and and just really just there he was so present in what we were yeah. talking about so there's so many of them so i know we're running out of time aren't mm-hmm. we okay all right we'll we'll do this what do you eat to procrastinate from work and that's from amy wall and actually one of our guests on the show how to write a novel in 20 pies she's mm-hmm. hilarious she's yeah. awesome. she is hilarious yeah <laughs> i loved so. interviewing her see that's another one i know i'm going to keep thinking of some of my favorites yeah. right yeah, yeah. <laughs> Go back, everybody. Listen to all of them. <laughs> yeah, they're all my favorites. They're all my favorites. <laughs> so um, what do you eat to procrastinate from working, Kristen? I don't think I eat to procrastinate from working. I think I eat while I'm working and then have no concept of how much I'm eating until I suddenly feel ill. So um, <laughs> because, like, you know, you just get caught up in the writing and you're, like, shoveling Haribo gummy bears in. Like, it's, you know, your job. Um and it turns out it's not your job. And um, <laughs> shocking. And, and and oftentimes your body doesn't like that. So um I, so so I would say gummy bears are my are my big while I'm working weakness. Your go-to. Sean. My go-to. Oh, you can skip me. Uh, yeah, what well, how do you procrastinate with music? Like what what do you do? I just I'm a social media procrastinator. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's true. Mm-hmm. Okay, Meg. So I used to have a really bad um, 
like gumball habit. (laughs) (laughs) So when I'm working and I'm working on a really like something that's absorbing me or very repetitive or I'm working on something that's a deadline, I have like a giant bag full of double bubble. I'm going to just chew piece after piece (laughs) after piece. Oh my gosh. Um, And when I partnered up with my business partner, Gretchen, we, we were like, we confessed the same thing simultaneously. She actually has the same exact, like, weird, dirty work habit as I do. Um, <laughs> still, still I, in fact, every year I get a giant bag of double bubble in my stocking, but I've kind of kicked, I'm trying to kick sugar and white flour. So like, I haven't had it in a good long while. So I don't know. Um, I bet there's sugar-free double bubble. There's got to be. It's not the same. It's not the same. It's not the same. (laughs) There's something about it, sticky. The flavor's gone in like 30 seconds. Yeah, It's it's like Mm -hmm. a ritual thing. I don't know how Mm -hmm. to describe it, but yeah. Christy, what do you do? Um, I don't know. I'm trying to think. Like I... It's weird because I'm like a sweets person, obviously, because my fudge is so good. <laughs> oh glug, glug, glug. <laughs> Mary Kay, Meg, Meg, Sean, Ron, we're going to make our own. I'm just saying. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> no, so um, I am like a sweets person, but when I'm procrastinating from work, I like salty things. Like I want like potato chips or like, mm. I don't know, but it's never something healthy. Like if that's the question, it's always like the, probably like the least healthy thing that I can find in the pantry to just like shovel in a lot of mm-hmm. that. Mm. So it's yeah. very, very good for me. Yeah. I like kale when I'm procrastinating. Yeah. Yeah. We we know. We know. know. Uh, Kale flavored M&Ms are mine. (laughs) What is it? M&Ms? Yeah. M&Ms. The peanut butter ones. Give me a whole bag. Not the peanut butter ones. The peanut. I know. Peanut. I don't want peanut butter. I want (laughs) peanut. I'm team peanut butter. Anything with peanut peanut butter. Yes. Patty. So of course I have my food procrastinations. Unfortunately, I have a huge sweet tooth, but work procrastination for me usually looks like checking through a to-do list, right? Because if I have too much to do, I can't sit down and write the book, Mm -hmm. which is of course baloney. I know that if I get up first thing in the morning and we talk about this a lot, and immediately start writing before the world. But if the world caves in and I start checking emails or to-do lists, or that is actually a form of procrastination, mm-hmm. right? Like I have to do all these to-dos and I keep lists. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to get through a few of these before I start my writing. And it's actually a bad habit that doesn't have sugar in it, but it's, I do that it's too. still, it's <laughs> still a bad habit. Tick, 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 and it makes you feel so good about yourself. Yes, right, but you stuff. didn't do the thing that you matters. Didn't you didn't do the one thing that mattered. Yeah, that matters. I didn't do the thing that allows me to have all these other things that I have to do. But don't you think about what the writing is when you're doing these other things and come up with ideas? No, no, no. Nope. Okay. <laughs> I'm trying. No. I'm trying. I'm trying. <laughs> Let me be clear. <laughs> Let me be clear. The checklist to do's or the emails are just a way to avoid. And it's it's such a fascinating concept. All of us, music, writing, avoiding it because it's the only thing we want to do. So yeah, it's weird. It's such a bizarre. I mean, of course, Stephen Pressfield says it's resistance, 
And then it's an actual like force, but it is fascinating that it is the one thing we want to do. And yet we find these things that keep us from doing it. Yes. Yep. Yep. Well, this has been such a blast. Thank you all for being here today. This has been a fun, fun little holiday party. Ask us anything. I think we can make this a rotating thing annually. People uh, love to ask us questions. But as we go, do you each have a holiday wish for our friends and fiction family out there in community? Sean? Mm. You got to start with me, Ron. Because you're so deep and profound. You're the composer, Sean. These things just flow out of you. Yeah. Peace on earth and goodwill towards men. Right on. on. That's good. Meg? I just wish everyone good health. Yeah. That's good. Mary Kay? Joy. Joy. Mm. It's perfect. Patty? I'm going to say health and enchantment. Mm. With the world. Nice. Christy? I was going to say stillness, but I said that in 2020 and it worked a little too well. So uh, (laughs) maybe instead of stillness, I'll say, I don't want to copy Mary Kay, but I just, I think joy is the best. Yeah. Yeah. Kristen? And love. Just remember your friends love you. Your family loves you. Let the love in. Remember, we love you too. Seriously, we love this community so much. There's, There's a lot of love to go around and I hope you feel it this holiday season and into the new year. Yeah. Yeah. For me, it's what this whole community embodies and the word that going forward with is kindness, because we need a lot more of that in the world. And we we get it here. We totally get it in this Friends and Fiction community. And so I hope that the rest of the world joins in with this. Ah, wouldn't that be nice? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to add my own gratitude to everyone listening. You make all the difference. The support, the sharing, the interactions are beyond Mm -hmm. priceless. You've all made this little small town country bumpkin so incredibly happy. <laughs> also to everyone at Audavita, without your guidance, patience, and expertise, you would not be hearing us today. We appreciate you all. And to these unbelievable humans that are with me here, I cannot thank you enough. Not only for bringing me from the first floor to the penthouse to join <laughs> you, but for introducing me to such phenomenal writers and people and for helping me to gain experience, confidence, and opening doors for me. I would never have imagined that this would be my life. Honestly, there aren't enough words to express my gratitude and my undying love for all of you. Happy holidays, and I can't wait to hug you all in person. Thank you all. Can't wait. Love you too, Love you, Ron. Love you too. Love you, Ron. Happy holidays, everyone. Yeah. Happy holidays. Thank you for tuning in to the Friends in Fiction Writer's Block Podcast. Please be sure to subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast platform. Tune in every Friday for another episode. And you can also join us every week on Facebook or YouTube, where our live Friends in Fiction show airs at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We are so glad you're here. Produced by Autovita Studios. Connect your voice to the world.